This is the world of Swedish history, and my name is Johan Romin. I am a Swedish journalist and writer with a great interest in history. I have written two history books and made around 40 history documentaries for the Swedish television. This is my podcast about Swedish and Nordic history. I will interview some of the greatest historians of Sweden as well as people who experience historical moments. It will be about Vikings, the kings of Sweden, Swedish position during the world wars, about genealogy and everything else historical from this country, which is packed with interesting history. Welcome to the world of Swedish history. Back in the late 1700s, there was a young guy from Sweden who helped George Washington in the Revolutionary War. He was the lover of the French queen, Marie Antoinette, and he tried to help the queen and the king to escape France after the French Revolution. This was of course a failure since both were killed in the guillotine. When he returned from France, he became the Swedish king's closest co-worker and associate. His name was Axel von Fessian and he was killed in 1810 in the streets of Stockholm. Just recently an eyewitness report about this lynching was found in Finland. It's a unique document about a dark chapter in the Swedish and Stockholm history and I met the well-known Stockholm historian Mats Hajen at the street Stora Nygatan in the old town of Stockholm where the lynching began during a royal funeral procession. Welcome to this podcast, The World of Swedish History. Thank you. Yeah, can you present yourself? Yes, uh, I'm a Swedish historian and archivist. I work at the Stockholm City Archive. And uh, when it comes to this story about the murder of Axel von Fashion, uh, I have recently found uh, or presented a new eyewitness, uh, which turned up uh, last year in Finland, actually, which gives uh, not entirely new picture of this uh, incident, but uh, in some ways it uh, enhances things that we know and gives a clearer picture in some, some instances. So you say is an eyewitness of the lynching of Axel von Fashion here? Yeah, but uh, this is extremely uh, important uh, incident in Swedish history in 1810. Uh, there's a power struggle going on and the, sec the, the king is the highest uh, uh, state official in Sweden but the second is uh, Axel von Fashion uh, and during a funeral procession he is lynched by a mob uh, just 100 meters from where we are standing right now. But if we start here, this is the old town of Stockholm. We are the Stockholmers, we are very proud of this place here. Yeah. So, uh, very old buildings and uh, can you Axel von Fashion, he lived in the end of the 1700s. He was born in 1755. Yeah. Can you describe uh, what kind of Stockholm was it back in those days? Uh, Stockholm was uh, actually a quite small city, uh, around 75,000 inhabitants. Uh, we had been stagnating for, for some years. Uh, Stockholm didn't grow. We had to wait for the Industrial Revolution for Stockholm to grow. But that was 150 years, 100 years Yeah, 50 uh, years ahead, <laughs> ahead yes. Yeah, uh, in, yeah. in, and we had uh, a court culture with uh, a king and, and the court. They were, uh, had a lot of 
a luxury among them, among the nobles, it was luxury as well. But most of people were extremely poor, and it was extremely high mortality. Uh, small children died, and also uh, adult, actually adult men died uh, in high proportions in Sweden because sicknesses uh, came and went in the city. So it was actually a quite hard place uh, to live, uh, I think. And back in those days we had the king, and then we have the nobility. Yeah. And Axel von Fashion, he was a nobleman. He yeah. was a, like, uh, describe him, what kind of person was he? He is actually one of the most intriguing persons in Swedish history. He, he went to, to France in the, uh, in the end of the 18th century. Uh, he became infatuated with Marie Antoinette, the Queen, uh, the of, queen France. of France, yes, yeah. and he was actually her lover. Uh, and he uh, experienced the, the French Revolution. He tried to save the, the, the French king and Marie Antoinette, but uh, in, in Varennes, very famous, uh, have been, been made movies and, and such. Uh, they failed to, to save the king and they were. Uh, executed by the, the, the revolutionists in France. So he saw his uh, beloved Marie Antoinette being killed in France. And then he went to uh, the USA, he took part, uh, that was before he took part in the uh, American... Uh, he was uh, a translator, I read, that he worked with uh, George Washington yes, during yes, the yeah. Re Revolutionary he, yeah, War. Yeah, he met uh, basically all of the famous people in, in his era. And then he came back to Sweden uh, and he became uh, state marshal, uh, the second in command to the king, in 1801. It's nine years before he is killed uh, here in, in the old town. And uh, from that uh, time we have uh, this power, power struggle. I was, uh, we had the king in the 18th century called Gustavus III. Uh, and he, if you want to look at it from uh, a broader perspective, he is actually, uh, he represents a kind of old uh, power culture. The extremely high situated king, uh, the nobility, uh, and from below at this point, a new kind of power emerges, which is, uh, you could say that this is the bourgeoisie or, or uh, uh, or other kind of nobles, but there is suddenly we have uh, conflicting power structures, and it becomes apparent in when Gustavus III, his son, takes over. Gustavus III is murdered in 1792. Yeah, he was shot at the opera house. Yeah, yeah, it's very during a masquerade ball. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. famous as well. Yeah, we're laughing today, but back in those days, yeah. it was an awful. Uh, but there, is a, there was a uh, conspiracy against him. Yes, they, yes, mm. among the high nobility actually, mm. because he he went against the high nobility and they didn't like it, so so they uh, actually had him murdered. murdered. Uh, and his son Gustavus the, uh, Gustavus Adolphus the fourth, he is very uh, uh, weak king. He, he he was a boy king. From yeah, a boy the from, yeah from the mm. beginning, and and he he, is, he he doesn't have the ability. To to rule. So in the early 19th century there is strong opposition against him uh, among parts of the nobility but also among what we call new men from the bourgeoisie. Uh, and they uh, go against him and uh, there is a coup in 1809, one year before this incident, and he is uh, turned out of office and the brother of Gustav III is made into king yeah. and he is called uh, called the 13th yeah. 
and he is and, a, he, uh, he's important for this incident as well. Mm. Two years before the, the lynching of Axelrod, we had war with Russia, uh, and this puts pressure on the king, and, and we had the coup. So it's it's extremely uh, a lot of things happening at the same time. Uh, and if you have, if you want to understand why Axel for Fashion was murdered here, you have to. Uh, you have to understand that this this goes uh, this is about who is going to be the next king, because the new power they have uh, elected a Danish prince called Karl August. He should be the, the new king, uh, and he's their their guy, if you put it like that. And actually, he dies. Suddenly, uh, fell off of a horse. Yes, <laughs> a couple of months before this incident, uh, and Axel von Fashion, he has in his power network. Uh, they are called the Gustavians. They are against this new king, so they want actually to have the son of Gustav, um, the, Gustav of Alvus the Fourth, Prince Gustav as well. They all call Gustav. Uh, they want him as as king. He is abroad uh, with his father. Uh, and this is seen as a threat by the people who made the coup uh, in 1809. And actually, uh, when Axel von Fashion, after the death of Karl August, he is uh, transported to Stockholm, and uh, because he is the heir of the throne, he should have a state funeral. So we should have a procession coming in from the outside of the city and going this way. And actually, we are walking along Stora Nygatan, where yeah. the procession came. Oh, he came on this street? Yeah, uh, on Södermalm. Mm -hmm. uh, We're one. looking to, to yes. the south now. Yeah, the, yeah. Over there you yeah. can see the Södermalm. Yeah, yeah, 500 meters, 1,000 meters. They have started mm -hmm. to throw stones at... Uh, all the, the way the, there? Yeah, all the way. Uh, and it is obvious that somebody has uh, uh, prepared the ground. It's free to drink in all the... This is at a lunch hour, uh, middag, they mm. said at that time, but it's, it's uh, actually midday. Uh, and it's free to drink in almost all drinking establishment. Uh, most people are free. It's a working day, but they are free to, to go as they want. So there's a lot of people around. Uh, and somebody has uh, made them drink a lot of... Uh, Rye and throw stones at, the, at uh, when the Axel von Fashion comes with his wagon. So when he comes here, the wag all the uh, windows on this very stately carriage mm. is the, looks like a luxury carriage. Yeah, uh, they have thrown stones at it. Yeah, so he's damaged. He has uh, uh, wounds in his uh, face, uh, and uh, the carriage is damaged. And they try to make it come all the way to this square which is 50 meters uh, but it's stopped we can walk yeah we 30. walk there yeah we just have to say it today nowadays there's a lot of traffic here yes but in those days there were only horses so. yeah yeah much quieter <laughs> the carriage of axel for fashion stops right here and he is taken into that building okay. and you can actually see the room yeah, there's a room up yeah, there. It's yeah. like an office yeah. room. That's that's on the first floor. So uh, they take the, the horses away from from the carriage mm -hmm. uh, and goes away. And he is uh, somebody helps him out of the carriage and into this building, which is a drinking establishment on the first floor. Okay. Uh, so he's to to uh, try to save him. Actually, they take him up there. But th this looks uh, on the first floor here. It looks 
little bit newer than the 1700s. Yeah, this is a new new facade. The facade yeah, is yeah. new. Yeah, the, actually, the new is maybe from the end of 1800s. No, middle of the uh, 1860s actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but it's the same building actually. If, mm. if you go in, it's the, the building from the 18th century. So what what happened there on the first floor? At this point. Uh, we have one of the most important uh, actors in this uh, drama, if you want to put it like that, is uh, the head of the general who is head of the procession and also the highest official regarding the security during this day. And he's called Silver Sparre. Uh, actually, he's at in, in the, uh, form, uh, the uh, front of the procession. So he goes actually, he turns around and goes up to the uh, royal castle and then he actually realizes that Axel for Fashion is not with him anymore. So he turns back and he comes back and he goes up to this drinking establishment where Axel for Fashion is. And people are attacking Axel for Fashion uh, at that time. They are tearing at his clothes uh, and throwing uh, things that he owned and uh, pieces of his clothing down to the, the, the demonstrators who are down here. Mm. So how many people would there be around here? Angry people, they're throwing stones, they're Actually, very uh, upset. After this incident they uh, uh, interrogated sev 700 people mm. uh, for the processions and I es estimate it could be like 500 people here or maybe 1,000 as well mm. uh, if you go a bit also in the square. So, so a lot of people. Mm. And everybody knew that Axel von Fasen was in here and he was very hated. Yeah, he was hated. Mm. Uh, and actually uh, the king as well thinks that's, that he had uh, poisoned the, the, the air of the throne. The, 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 Prince, who is in the carriage, which is with the dead the, prince. The, the dead prince. Yeah. Uh, there was a rumor that he was poisoned uh, by the Gustavians. Mm. By Axel von Fashion. Uh, and his sister Sophie Pieper, she's mm. called. Uh, and actually, the king, he didn't go into the city on this day. He stayed out in, in a small castle called Haga, outside the city. He doesn't want to be involved, actually. Uh, but uh, at this point, the king also thinks that he, that Axel von Fashion maybe poisoned uh, the, the prince. Mm. So, and he who is in charge, Silver Sparre, when he comes here, si Silver Sparre, it's, that's important as well. He is part of the, the, the man who made the coup last year. So he is an enemy of Axel von Fashion, actually. Mm. They are on opposite sides. And he goes up and he turns to the people on the street and he say, uh, we understand that you think that Axel von Fashion poisoned uh, um, the prince and we will want to take him to the uh, city hall, which is over there. It's only 18 meters or something. So please let me go with Axel von Fashion and don't attack him and I, and I will take him this way. Uh, so w when he said that, was he was he up there? Yeah, he was up screaming there. Screaming or something, telling yes. the people back yeah. uh, down on the street. Yeah. And they say, okay, okay, you can take Axel von Fashion over there. We will not do anything. Mm. But when they come down, but uh, Axel von Fashion is attacked again, uh, and Silver Sparre has is on his horse, and he tries to take 
uh, from fashion beside the horse, but it's pushed against the wall. Uh, and some of the other people try also to make this, make it, make it uh, uh, through to the to the square. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they managed to go over there, and actually a whole regiment of Svea Livgarde, soldiers who are there to, to protect him, are standing on the square. That's like the elite forces yeah, of elite the 1700s. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They were here. They were there. But they didn't protect him. No. 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 And actually this new eyewitness that has turned up in Finland mm. uh, last year, doesn't see this incident. So when he describes it, it's from what he has heard from before. But actually when it comes to that corner, mm-hmm. the new eyewitness, uh, this Finnish uh, nobleman who is uh, in a restaurant uh, on the other side of the square, he starts to see Axel von Fersen. From that point, we have this new testimony or, or witness. And you just found this? Yeah. It's just a, like a year ago? Or yes, yeah. Ago? Actually, mm-hmm. it's connected to my own family, my, my grandmother was born in a small farm in Finland and uh, before her she's born there in 1890s but in 1810 uh, this Finnish nobleman who is called Albrecht de la Chapelle he lived in the same farm Mm -hmm. so I actually got in in contact with people in Finland and they told me that in uh, he wrote this uh, the eyewitness for his own family in 1825 15 years after and it should it's a, it's a story of his life uh, but it should not uh, be presented outside the family and it has lain in this uh, uh, manor manor archive until now uh, and it, recently the finnish uh, archives have digitized it and put it on the web but mm. uh, uh, nobody has actually used used it for for, for scientific purposes yet uh, so it's it's very 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 interesting to see what he says when he's actually one of the few that describes the the view and and uh, from uh, very very directly you can actually uh, see him in this restaurant and, and follow this through. Uh, so let's go to the corner first. Yeah. At this point. Uh, Fashion is uh, exhausted, uh, he has uh, wounds uh, and they are attacking him with uh, uh, actually uh, umbrellas, that's, that's a, a detail in this case. It's, it's many of these witnesses who have seen this uh, separates the, the, the demonstrators into two uh, different parts. There is some more middle class people which are, have uh, umbrellas in their hands and they attack with these umbrellas oh, really? and, and then there are people who are more, more uh, working class or sailor dressed as sailors and actually there are uh, noblemen dressed as sailors as well so uh, people from the nobility have dressed down to uh, mingle with the demonstrators so it's it's actually quite quite clear that some kind of uh, preparations or conspiracy is uh, is behind this uh, and the place where the new eyewitness was he is in a restaurant called Lyktan or the lamp mm-hmm. and it's uh, the building is no not here anymore but it was uh, here uh, this is three there yeah. uh, and it goes over to the the former city hall the palace the Bunska Palazet on the other side that's a white palace from the beginning was it what was that 
before? In the 17th century, it was a noble palace, uh, and in the 18th century, it became the city hall of the, the where the municipality of Stockholm, uh, the magistrate. And nowadays, uh, is it like a courthouse? Right? Yeah, it's it's the Supreme Court of Sweden. The Supreme the, Court. Yeah. Albrecht de la Chapelle is by the window here. Was he inside or outside? Inside. inside. He stayed inside. Mm-hmm. He actually, he, I will come to that, but at one point he doesn't see everything. He sees just part of the, the action. And it's because his, his face is, is against the window and he tried to see, but he can't see everything. But in the beginning he sees Axel von Fersen when he comes around that corner where we just passed. Yeah. Uh, and then he see the people with the umbrellas who are attacking him and he actually see when the umbrella strikes him in the head and, and uh, there is blood coming out of his head at that point. So at that point the violence against Axel von Fersen has reached the limit uh, that is uh, if you go, only go back like uh, five minutes in this uh, yeah, it was a quite a different story, but at that point the violence is building up. Mm. And so I, now it becomes like a lynching. Yeah, a yeah, feeling. yeah. And I have, a, a, I have an idea of uh, when there is kind of, uh, when these incidents happen, uh, people who are demonstrating, they are using violence because they want something, they want to uh, express some kind of view, but they also uh, when the violence goes out over one level, uh, it can turn uh, and, and become such a, a kind of point of no return. Uh, we have done so much violence to these people, and this is a high state official. Uh, we have to kill him right now and uh, make it like a revolution. We have to go all the way. Mm. So I think at that point, some of the people in the crowd are in that state of mind. And at this point, Axel Fersen could have been saved by the regiment of soldiers who is standing here. Uh, and they have their uh, rifles, the rifles, but the rifles are not loaded. They have not been allowed to, to load their rifles. So they only have the, the bayonet the, the, on the... And actually he says, save me, he says to the soldiers. And one of two of them are, are turning their bayonets. Okay, we will. And then the officer says, for foot, back, back in line doesn't do don't anything. Do, don't, don't do, do anything. No. Okay. And he, here you have to keep in mind that this person, Axel Fersen, he was the closest person to the king of Sweden. Yeah. So it's really, really strange that the yeah. guards won't protect him. Uh, Axel Fersen was actually killed right over here. And you can know the spot because of this new eyewitness who is standing in the restaurant Lyktan mm-hmm. over there. He can't see when they actually kill uh, Fashion, but he can see after the killing, they take his watch uh, and pieces of his clothing and his rings and they give them to Silver Sparre, the, who is in charge of security, who is on his horse. And, and actually, uh, Albrecht de la Chapelle, he sees Silversparre on the horse who receives the, the, uh, the watch and the rings and, and these pieces. So, so Axel Fersen must have been right here. When, when he comes over the square, the soldiers doesn't do anything. So uh, they don't, don't save him. And they take him, the, the mob takes him in here. And then actually he goes into this house for a couple of, so he sits down inside for like one minute or so. He, he drinks water. 
and uh, he tries to understand. He's almost naked at this point. Uh, and then they take him out again and they jump on him and uh, attack him and kill him right uh, here. But, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, so this is the place where he was killed. So right before he could, he could be able to drink a little bit of water. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they did yeah, the they killing took, here. Yeah. Uh, and actually the point for Silver Sparre, the officer in charge, was to take him into this building to, to put him into custody and then charge him with the assassination of the prince. The, the poisoning. The, the, the poison, prince. yeah, which was uh, actually afterwards they said there was no poisoning. No. So, so, uh, but there is, he, was, he was innocent. Yeah, he was innocent, yeah. yes. Yeah. To this anyway. Yeah. So uh, he did not poison the Danish prince. No. And... Uh, Albrecht de la Chapelle, who also reflects on the actions of the mob at this point, because what he sees from the window, he doesn't see the, the body of Axel von Fashion, but he sees Silvius Barre, and actually the people around the horse of the day, like, thank him, thank you for you letting us do this to Axel von Fashion, but uh, thank you very much for, for being so passive in, okay. in this. Uh, so that's quite interesting as well. Actually, people who were charged with the murder of Axel von Fersen received very light uh, uh, sentences in court afterwards. So the, the people who were in charge, the, the king, uh, Karl XIII, and, and the people who also were associated with the coup in 1809, they treated these people very mildly. Uh, and, and, uh, so. It's a very strange history. I mean, in Sweden, usually everything is so calm and peace. People are very peaceful here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have a lynching in the middle of Stockholm of one of the highest nobles of Sweden. Yeah. It's a very unique thing here. Yeah. And actually, the, the, the soldiers are passive at this point. They let this thing happen. But when this has happened, uh, the military and the security in Stockholm actually turns against it because it becomes very unruly in the city. This is midday, but in the afternoon and the evening uh, there is a lot of people uh, streaming around and actually eight people are killed in the afternoon because mm -hmm. uh, the, the military have, uh, uh, they have loaded their weapons now, they are allowed to have uh, uh, and they actually shoot people because uh, to uh, put the city back into rest. So, so, so was, you, you, was you, Sweden on a brink to a revolution? Maybe. Uh, actually, there is that kind of uh, uh, feeling in the city because the new eyewitness, Albrecht de la Chapelle, after the lynching of Axel von Fersen, he goes away back to his home, a uh, couple of hundred meters to the north, and, and actually he hears that there is some kind of uh, something is going on in a square close to his uh, where he lives so he goes out and he sees actually a smith standing with her and he he says it's more but it was more almost like the french revolution this smith and his smith's clothing is is agitating to the people and telling them to make revolution and at that point uh, Another officer called Aldre Kloitz, he comes with a small detachment and uh, these people are, are dismissed or, uh, or dispersed. Uh, so there is actually a, a revolutionary feeling in the afternoon after this has happened and nobody is actually sure what's going to happen. You, you have uh, at some of the regiments there is uh, talk going on, on some kind of state coup going on. 
but actually in the late evening uh, there is a heavy rainfall and after that it becomes quiet so, so this kind of agitated feeling in the afternoon early evening uh, after the next day it's gone so, so uh, it becomes uh, calm again in, in, in the city so and a couple of months after this uh, event here we had this new prince coming into Sweden uh, who became yeah because uh, because uh, you had the Gustavians Axel von Fersen they had their uh, prince Gustav who was abroad that was their candidate for the for the king uh, and the the other party the the, the coup makers uh, they their candidate was the dead Karl August and he is actually replaced by uh, one of the marshals of Napoleon uh, there is John Baptiste Bernadotte. Bernadotte. Yeah, but, uh, and he is the, the forefather of our current king. Yes. Yeah. So, so we get the new line of kings with him. Mm. Uh, and actually, you can see this lynching as the end of the Gustavians. Their power structure was broken at this point, and Jean Baptiste Bernadotte becomes uh, the new king. And, and he has the support of all the people who. Uh, also supported the lynching of Axel von Fashion, if you put it that way, because they were on the other side. Uh, so what you see here is kind of end of an era uh, when this uh, very high profile uh, nobleman is killed right outside. All the soldiers are watching and, and uh, so uh, it's a very, very uh, important turning point in Swedish history.